Hello, second graders. We're going to go back to Ramona Quimby, age eight. And if you remember, she is planning a book report based on a commercial. And she's looped in her friends, Sarah and Janet, to help her. So let's find out. The next morning on the bus and at school, no one even mentioned Ramona's throwing up. She had braced herself for some remark from Yardate, but all he said was, hi, Superfoot. When school started, Ramona slipped cat masks to Sarah and Janet, handed her written excuse for her absence to Mrs. Whaley, and waited, fanning away escaped fruit flies for book reports to begin. After math, Mrs. Whaley called on several people to come up to the front of the room to pretend they were selling books to the class. Most of the reports began, this is a book about, and many, as Beezus had predicted, ended with, if you want to find out what happens next, read the book. Then Mrs. Whaley said, we have time for one more report before lunch. Who wants to be next? Ramona waved her hand and Mrs. Whaley nodded. Ramona beckoned to Sarah and Janet, who giggled in an embarrassed way, but joined Ramona, standing behind her and off to one side. All three girls slipped on their cat masks and giggled again. Ramona took a deep breath as Sarah and Janet began to chant, meow, 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 and danced back and forth like the cats they had seen in a cat food commercial on television. Left behind cat gives kids something to smile about, said Ramona in a loud, clear voice while her chorus meowed softly behind her. She wasn't sure that what she was said exactly true, but neither were the commercials that show cats eating dry food without making any noise. Kids who have tried Left Behind Cat are all smiles, smiles, and smiles. Left Behind Cat is the book kids ask for by name. Kids can read it every day and thrive on it. The happiest kids read Left Behind Cat. Left Behind Cat contains cats, dogs, people. Here, Ramona caught sight of a yard ape leaning back in a seat, grinning in the way that always flustered her. She could not help interrupting herself with a giggle, and after suppressing it, she tried not to look at Yard Ape and to take up where she'd left off. It is made of cats, dogs, people. The giggle came back, and Ramona was lost. She could not remember what came next. Cats, dogs, people, she repeated, trying to start and failing. Mrs. Whaley and the class waited. Yard Ape grinned. Ramona's loyal chorus meowed and danced. This performance could not go on all morning. Ramona had to say something, anything to end the waiting, the meowing, her book report. She tried desperately to recall a cat food commercial, any cat food commercial, and could not. All she could remember was a man on television who ate the pizza, and so she blurted out the only sentence she could think of. I can't believe I ate the whole thing! Mrs. Whaley's laugh rang out above the laughter of the class. Ramona felt her face turn red behind her mask and her ears, visible to the class, turned red as well. Thank you, Ramona, said Mrs. Whaley. That was the most entertaining. Class, you are all excused for lunch. Ramona felt brave behind her cat mask. Mrs. Whaley, she said as the class pushed back chairs and gathered up lunch boxes. That wasn't the way my report was supposed to end. Did you like the book, asked Mrs. Whaley. Not really, confessed Ramona. Then I think it was a good way to end your report, said the teacher. Asking the class to sell books they really don't like isn't fair, now that I stop to think about it. I was only trying to make book reports a little livelier. Encouraged by this confession and still safe behind her mask, Ramona had the boldness to speak up. 
Mrs. Whaley, she said with her heart pounding, you told Mrs. Larson that I'm a nuisance and I don't think that I am. Mrs. Whaley looked astonished. When did I say that? The day I got egg in my hair, said Ramona. You called me a show-off and said I was a nuisance. Mrs. Whaley frowned, thinking, why, Ramona, I, I can recall saying something about my little show-off, but I meant it affectionately, and I'm sure I never called you a nuisance. Yes, you did, insisted Ramona. You said I was a show-off, and then you said, what a nuisance. Ramona could never forget those exact words. Mrs. Whaley, who had looked worried, smiled in relief. Oh, oh, Ramona, you misunderstood, she said. I meant that trying to wash egg out of your hair was a nuisance for Mrs. Larson. I didn't mean that you personally were a nuisance. Ramona felt a little better, enough to come out from under her mask to say, I wasn't showing off. I was just trying to crack an egg in my head like everyone else. Mrs. Whaley's smile was mischievous. Tell me, Ramona, she said, don't you ever try to show off? Ramona was embarrassed. embarrassed. Well, maybe, sometimes a little, she admitted. Then she added positively, but I wasn't showing off that day. How could I be showing off when I was doing what everyone else was doing? You've convinced me, said Mrs. Whaley with a big smile. Now run along and eat your lunch. Ramona snatched up her lunchbox and went jumping down the stairs to the cafeteria. She laughed to herself because she knew exactly what all the boys and girls from her class would say when they finished their lunches. She knew because she planned to say it herself. I can't believe I ate the whole thing. Chapter 9, Rainy Sunday. Rainy Sunday afternoons in November were always dismal, but Ramona felt this Sunday was the most dismal of all. She pressed her nose against the living room window, watching the ceaseless rain pelting down as bare black branches clawed at the electric wires in front of the house. Even lunch, leftovers Mrs. Quimby had wanted to clear out of the refrigerator, had been dreary, with her parents, who seemed tired or discouraged or both, having little to say, and Beezus mysteriously moody. Ramona longed for sunshine, sidewalks dry enough for roller skating, and a smiling, happy family. Ramona, you haven't cleaned up your room this weekend, said Mrs. Quimby, who was sitting on the couch, sorting through a stack of bills, and don't press your nose against the window. It leaves a smudge. Ramona felt as if everything she did was wrong. The whole family seemed cross today, even Picky Picky, who meowed at the front door. With a sigh, Mrs. Quimby got up to let him out. Beezus, carrying a towel and shampoo, stalked through the living room into the kitchen where she began to wash her hair at the sink. Mr. Quimby, studying at the dining room table as usual, made his pencil scratch angrily across a pad of paper. The television set sat blank and mute. and In the fireplace, a log sullenly refused to burn. Mrs. Quimby sat down and then got up again as Picky Picky, indignant at the wet world outdoors, yowled to come in. Ramona, clean up your room, she ordered as she let the cat and a gust of cold air into the house. Beezus hasn't cleaned up her room. Ramona could not resist pointing this omission out to her mother. I'm not talking about Beezus, said Mrs. Quimby. I'm talking about you. Still, Ramona did not move from the window. Cleaning up her room seemed such a boring thing to do. No fun at all on a rainy afternoon. She thought vaguely of all the exciting things she would like to do. Learn to twirl. Play a musical saw. Flip around and over bars in a gymnastic competition while crowds roared. Ramona, clean up your room. Mrs. Quimby raised her voice. 
Well, you don't have to yell at me. Ramona's feelings were hurt by the tone of her mother's voice. The log in the fireplace settled, sending a puff of smoke into the living room. Then do it, snapped Mrs. Quimby. Your room is a disaster area. Mr. Quimby threw down his pencil. Young lady, do what your mother says and do it now. She shouldn't have to tell you three times. Well, I'll write, but you don't have to be so cross, said Ramona. To herself, she thought, nag, nag, nag. Sulkily, Ramona took her hurt feelings off to her room where she pulled a week's collection of dirty socks from under her bed. On her way to the bathroom hamper, she looked down the hall and saw her sister standing in the living room rubbing her hair with a towel. Mother, I think you're mean, said Beezus from under the towel. Ramona stopped to listen. I don't care how mean you think I am, answered Mrs. Quimby. You are not going to go, and that is that. But all the other girls are going, protested Beezus. I don't care if they are, said Mrs. Quimby. You are not. Ramona heard the sound of a pencil being slammed on the table and her father saying, Your mother is right. Now, would you kindly give me a little peace and quiet so I can get on with my work? Beezus flounced past Ramona into her room and slammed the door. Sobs were heard, loud, angry sobs. Where can't she go? Ramona wondered as she dumped her socks into the hamper. Then, because she'd been so good about picking up her room, Ramona returned to the living room where Picky Picky, as cross and bored as the rest of the family, was once again meowing at the front door. Where can't Beezus go? she asked. Mrs. Quimby opened the front door, and when Picky Picky hesitated, vexed by the cold wind that swept into the room, assisted him out with her toe. She can't sleep over at Mary Jane's house with a bunch of girls from her class. A year ago, Ramona would have agreed with her mother so that her mother would love her more than Beezus, but this year she knew that she too might want to spend the night at someone's house someday. Well, why can't Beezus sleep at Mary Jane's, she asked. Because she comes home exhausted and grouchy. Mrs. Quimby stood by the door waiting. Picky Picky's yowl was twisted by the wind, and when she opened the door, another cold gust swept through the house. With the price of fuel oil being only what it is, we can't afford to let the cat out, remarked Mr. Quimby. Would you like to take the responsibility if I don't let him out? asked Mrs. Quimby, before she continued with her answer to Ramona. There are four people in the family, and she has no right to make the whole day disagreeable for the rest of us because she's been up half the night giggling with a bunch of silly girls. Besides, a growing girl needs her rest. Ramona, Ramona silently agreed with her mother about Beezus coming home cross after such a party. At the same time, she wanted to make things easier for herself when she was in junior high school. So maybe this time they would just go to sleep earlier, Ramona suggested. Fat chance, said Mrs. Quimby, who rarely spoke so rudely. And furthermore, Ramona, Mrs. Kemp did not come right out and say so, but she did drop a hint that you were not playing as nicely with Willa Jean as you might. Oh, Ramona heaved a sigh that seemed to come from the soles of her feet. In the bedroom, Beezus, who had run out of real sobs, was working hard to force out fake sobs to show her parents how mean they were being to her. Mrs. Quimby ignored the sighs and the sobs and continued. Ramona, you know that getting along at the Kemp's is your job in the family. I've told you that before. How could Ramona explain to her mother that Willa Jean had finally caught on that sustained silent reading was just plain reading a book? For a while, Willa Jean wanted Ramona to read aloud a few boring books the Kemp's owned, the sorts of books people who did not know anything about children so often gave them. 
Willa Jean listened to them several times, grew bored, and now insisted on playing beauty shop. Ramona did not want her fingernails painted by Willa Jean and knew she would be blamed if Willa Jean spilled nail polish. Instead of Mrs. Kemp's taking care of Ramona, Ramona was taking care of Willa Jean. Ramona looked at the carpet, sighed again, and said, I try. She felt sorry for herself, misunderstood, and unappreciated. Nobody in the whole world understood how hard it was to go to the Kemp's house after school when she did not have a bicycle. Mrs. Quimby relented. I know it isn't easy, she said with a half smile, but don't give up. She gathered up the bills and checkbook and went into the kitchen where she began to write checks at the kitchen table. Ramona wandered into the dining room to seek comfort from her father. She laid her cheek against the sleeve of his plaid shirt and said, Daddy, what are you studying? Once again, Mr. Quimby threw down his pencil. I'm studying the cognitive processes of children, he answered. Ramona raised her head to look at him. What does that mean, she asked. How kids think, her father told her. Ramona did not like the sound of this subject at all. Why are you studying that, she demanded. Something should be private, and how children thought was one of them. She did not like the idea of grown-ups snooping around in thick books trying to find out. <clears throat> this is exactly what I've been asking myself, Mr. Quimby was serious. Why am I studying this stuff when we have bills to pay? Well, I don't think you should, said Ramona. It's none of your business how kids think. Then she quickly added, because she did not want her father to drop out of school and be a checker again. There are a lot of other things you could study, things like fruit flies. Mr. Quimby smiled at Ramona and rumpled her hair. I doubt if anybody could figure out how you think, he said, which made Ramona feel better as if her secret thoughts were still safe. And we're going to stop there, second graders. Thank you for listening.